Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. There's one question that has stumped the universe for centuries, and that question is, why do men? Join me, Emma Willman, on my quest to find out the answers on Ask Men Anything. Each week, I'm interviewing the funniest and most interesting men I know to ask the biggest, weirdest, and most pressing questions of Earth's most mysterious beings. Questions like, how do men really feel about your friends? What are men actually insecure about? Honestly, I will ask them pretty much anything. Just write in AMA at Betchers.com. Let's get to the bottom of this together. Ask Men Anything is out now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So be sure to hit follow in your listening apps so you don't miss an episode. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday. I'll see you there. Please have a seat. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. I just want to start off tonight... I want to start off tonight with just a quick congratulations to the people in here in the theater, uh, but especially to the people at home, because if we're being broadcast right now at 11.35 Eastern time, that means we are not at war with China. (laughs) I'm a big fan of me, but I just feel like I might be preempted if that was happening. (laughs) Here's why I bring it up. See, tensions have been rising between the United States and China ever since the Chinese learned that Speaker Nancy Pelosi was planning a trip to Taiwan, which called into question America's one-China policy that acknowledges that Taiwan is part of China, but not really. (laughs) The threats from the Chinese government have not been subtle. Last week, the Chinese warned that those who play with fire will perish by it. Have you seen California? (laughs) That's not the threat it once was, China. The Chinese continue to rattle their flaming saber, warning the visit would trigger severe consequences, and warn that their military won't sit by idly, with their government explaining, no matter for what reason Pelosi goes to Taiwan, it will be a stupid, dangerous, and unnecessary gamble. That's ominous. Also a perfect slogan for White Castle. (laughs) Chinese... I could go for... I could go for a little... Sam and I go for a little something. Chinese have also conducted live fire drills in the South China Sea and scrambled jets as her plane landed in Taiwan. All of this for an 82-year-old woman with bones made of peanut brittle. (laughs) Tensions are so bad, the Defense Department has upgraded its readiness to DEFCON MIMA. You should call more. You should call more. You should call more. I think we get the idea. Despite... (laughs) That was longer than rehearsal. (laughs) Despite all the threats, Speaker Pelosi did not back down. This morning, she and her congressional delegation landed safely in Taiwan, which is great, because just before she landed, China's foreign minister warned yet again, U.S. politicians who play with fire on the Taiwan issue will come to no good end. Come to no good end. That threat started out very scary. (laughs) Ended up being very vague. (laughs) Listen up, you mess with the bull. You get the general badness that happens 
post-bull messing. <laughs> we'll have more on the story if humanity continues to exist. Speaking of paybacks, last night, President Biden announced that a U.S. drone strike in Kabul killed the top al-Qaeda leader, Ayman al-Zawahiri. <laughs> oh, shucky-ducky. We got the guy behind the guy behind 9-11. We haven't had a win like this since we got bin Laden 11 years ago. So play some LMFAO on my slightly different iPhone and throw Girl with the Dragon Tattoo on the Blu-ray because I'm partying like it's 2011. Hashtag winning. Beyonce's pregnant. I hope I get to host the Late Show one day. <laughs> now... This strike, of course, did not happen overnight. It's the result of a 21-year manhunt. And in those 21 years, no one in the media learned how to pronounce his name. Ayman al-Zawahiri. Al-Zawahiri. Ayman al-Zawahiri. Ayman al-Zawahiri. Al-Zawahiri. Zawahiri. Ayman al-Zawahiri. Ayman al-Zawahiri. Just call him Ayman al-Zawahiri. Hey, big guy. So how do we get this guy? Blow him up real good? Send in SEAL Team 7? No. Reportedly, the CIA targeted him with a drone strike while he was on the balcony of his house at 6.18 a.m. on Sunday. That's so early. He was drinking from a mug that said, don't talk to me until I've had my Hellfire missile. <laughs> and not just any Hellfire missile. It looks like Al-Zawahiri was taken out by a Hellfire RX-9 missile, which is unique for not having any explosive material. Okay, that sounds humane. What, what, is it, what does it do? Well, evidently, right before it reaches you, it deploys six retractable blades, earning it the nickname the Flying Ginsu. <laughs> Al-Zawahiri did not survive, but the potato he was holding? Julianne Fries. <laughs> and this... This isn't the first time our government's used as-seen-on-TV technology to thwart our foes. <laughs> I mean, if you've seen Zero Dark Thirty, then you know our boys got Bin Laden with a slap chop. <laughs> President Biden confirmed the strike in a special TV announcement last night, and he made it clear how meticulously it was planned. This mission was carefully planned. Rigorously minimized the risk of harm to other civilians. None of his family members were hurt and there were no civilian casualties. Okay, that's cool, but shouldn't that be the goal of all military operations? That's... That's like a doctor saying, the surgery was a total success, Mr. Johnson. We removed your appendix without stabbing any of the nearby nurses. <laughs> Apparently, Biden was so focused on minimizing risk that before the strike, he had a scale model of Zawahiri's house placed inside the White House Situation Room so he could examine it. You know, it's nice when a president says, bring me a model, and he doesn't mean a new wife. <laughs> Get it? Long trip. Thank you for coming with me on that. Uh, getting one of the masterminds of 9-11 is a huge achievement for the president. And keep in mind, the whole thing happened while he was isolating due to COVID-19, which means that unlike the bin Laden strike, this time the Situation Room was a little less crowded. <laughs> uh, back in America today, five states held primaries. 
Arizona, Michigan, Missouri, Kansas, and Washington. We taped uh, tonight's show, uh, let's say, earlier. So we don't have any of the results yet. You're welcome. We don't know who won, but in this year's GOP primaries, it's safe to say some crazy mother won. <laughs> because... Because... The biggest race of the evening was the Missouri Senate primary between two equally fervent election deniers, state attorney general and furniture salesman who comes with the chair, (laughs) Eric Schmidt, and former Missouri governor and last face you see before you die, Eric Greitens. (laughs) Both of these guys are MAGA candidates and both wanted the endorsement of former president Trader Tot. Establishment Republicans desperately wanted the former president to endorse Eric Schmidt because, A, he was leading in the polls, and, B, Eric Greitens resigned from the governorship in disgrace after serious sexual assault allegations. In fact, he's got so much baggage that Missouri Republicans are running attack ads against Greitens, their own candidate, in an attempt to secure the nomination for a less controversial Republican candidate. Yikers! How awful do you have to be these days to be cut loose by the Republicans? Us being told you're too insane for the Manson family. (laughs) I hate to break it to you, man. Charlie thinks you're making us look bad. Helter, sorry. (laughs) Yesterday morning, the former president had to decide on who to endorse. On one side, arguing in favor of Eric Schmidt were people like RNC chair Ronna Romney McDaniel. Those folks were opposed by future daughter-in-law and real housewife of January 6th, (laughs) Kimberly Guilfoyle. After facing pressure from all sides, the former president took a bold stand on Truth Social, typing, I trust the great people of Missouri on this one to make up their own minds, much as they did when they gave me landslide victories in the 2016 and 2020 elections, and I am therefore proud to announce that Eric has my complete and total endorsement. Oh, oh, how clever. Bravo. He couldn't decide, so he gave it to both of them. Just like his marriage vows. Therefore, I do solemnly pledge my complete and total loyalty to woman. (laughs) Both Eric's thought the former president meant them, so both men thanked the former president for the endorsement. Okay, but he could have been endorsing any Eric. Except one. (laughs) We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Pod Save America. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome back, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, my guests tonight are the founders of Crooked Media and hosts of Pod Save America. Please welcome John Favreau, John Levitt, and Tommy Vitor. Uh, okay, let's get straight to the heat of the meat here. All right. Uh, we haven't seen you guys in person in 
what, since 20, 2020 or something like that? Inauguration, yeah, Okay, so uh, thank you for when you came on over Zoom. That wasn't the easiest thing in the world, but happy to have you in person Blast. again. Um, yesterday, President Biden announced the killing of uh, last uh, living major guy in Al-Qaeda that was around during 9-11, yeah. uh, Ayman al-Zawahiri. You guys worked at the White House during the bin Laden raid. Um, what does it, what does it feel like in the White House? How big, how big of an announcement is this, and what is it like inside the White House when you know this announcement is coming? I mean, this is a, a huge counterterrorism operation. You know, Zawahiri was the founding member of Al Qaeda. He founded it with Osama bin Laden. He plotted the 9-11 attacks. He plotted the bombing of the USS Cole. And we've been trying to get him since before 9-11, since 98. 21 years, some odd years, we've been hunting this guy. Uh, he was, was releasing terrorist propaganda as recently as this year. So finding him and being able to conduct this operation is a big counterterrorism win. It's also an enormous moment for the White House because they're spending every waking moment leading up to it worried about it going well, worried about collateral damage, uh, making sure that everyone gets out safely. So I'm, it's probably a, a huge sense of relief today. I will say it's uh, a little bit shameful that President, Ova President Biden would do this while he's supposed to be recovering from COVID. Uh, it's, it's hustle culture run amok. Uh, mm -hmm. Commander-in-chief's orders. Mm -hmm. What about doctor's orders? <laughs> That's a good point. I thought so. It's a good point. It's a good point. A dumb point, but a good point. <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Now, thank you. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the uh, Doha Accords that sure. were part of the withdrawal from Afghanistan last year. Yeah. Tommy, you take this one. Okay, you gonna <laughs> take this one? Sure. Because the Taliban agreed to quote not allow groups, including Al Qaeda, to use the soil of Afghanistan to threaten the security of the United States. Shocker. The Taliban lied to us. Yeah, they did. Okay, how do you incentivize compliance to that kind of agreement other than sending the, the, the flying steak knives, which we did? I, mean, I think the key point here is President Biden was right to end the war in Afghanistan after decades. I think what this... You can clap for that. Um, to me... I don't think we ever trusted the Taliban to live up to their commitments, nor should we. But what this operation shows, in my mind, is that you don't need 100,000 troops in countries all around the world to conduct counterterrorism operations. And I think that's a good lesson for the United States to learn. Okay. All right, in, in, in other foreign policy news, and just jump in here anytime, you guys. <laughs> in other foreign policy <laughs> news, Speaker Pelosi landed in Taiwan today uh, for a trip that military leaders, not only Chinese military leaders, but American military leaders said was not a great idea for her to go. Look, I know it's a controversial trip, but given the way her husband drives, I think it's exciting when she gets anywhere. <laughs> you know? Wow. I read the news. Wow. Some of the audience reads the news yeah, me, as well. I'm, that, so, uh, I'm so sorry. How you guys feel about that? Uh, he had a DUI. Uh, <laughs> that's a joke about his DUI. <laughs> Tommy, you want to take this one? Yeah. <laughs> That's all the time we have, Stephen. Uh, why do you think she went anyway? Listen, if both the Chinese were saying, don't go, and, and the Biden administration was saying, yeah, please don't go, why well, do you think she went? Nancy Pelosi has been a fierce critic of the Chinese Communist Party's human rights record for decades. And I think her thinking was, I'm not going to let the leaders of any country 
let alone China, tell me where and when I can travel. Mm -hmm. So is there some risk associated with this trip? Yes. Have the Chinese responded in ways that are already inflammatory and problematic, and could they do more? Yes, but, you know, I don't want to tell Nancy what to do. I don't have the stones to do that, do you? We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I will talk to John Favreau, John Lovett, and Tommy Vitor about the upcoming midterm elections. Stick around. There's one question that has stumped the universe for centuries, and that question is, why do men? Join me, Emma Willman, on my quest to find out the answers on Ask Men Anything. Each week, I'm interviewing the funniest and most interesting men I know to ask the biggest, weirdest, and most pressing questions of Earth's most mysterious beings. Questions like, how do men really feel about your friends? What are men actually insecure about? Honestly, I will ask them pretty much anything. Just write in AMA at Betchers.com. Let's get to the bottom of this together. Ask Men Anything is out now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So be sure to hit follow in your listening apps so you don't miss an episode. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday. I'll see you there. Democrats are feeling a bit of whiplash. Mm Mm-hmm over their uh, emotional uh, attachment or lack thereof to Joe Manchin. <laughs> for, for, for a couple years now, they weren't sure how to feel about him. And recently, they thought, that guy, because he killed the climate legislation forever. He said, never going to do the Build Back better. And then, bang, it's he back. does it. You guys never doubted him, right? Never. You guys never doubted we, Joe Manchin. We had been telling people for years that Joe Manchin would come through in the end. Years. Mm-hmm. The man has the soul of a poet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, <laughs> sure. Like if you upset him, he'll he will boil the oceans. <laughs> but John, you want to take this one? Yeah, no. Look, I, I think that he was persuaded that this is the might be the last chance, literally the last chance to save the planet, and that he could help do that with a bill that was also good for the economy, good good for West Virginia and also good for his own politics. And I think it's it's a good lesson to like never give up on voting, never give up on organizing, never giving up on persuasion because like 40 to 50,000 votes go the other way in Georgia and we're not talking about this climate bill anymore. And now we are because Joe Manchin is there and we didn't give up on persuading him. And and fellow Democrats didn't give up on persuading him. And like people wanted to a lot of people, you know, we were pretty angry with him. Some people wanted to, like, kick him out of the party, take mm-hmm. away his committee assignments. Yep. If that happened, we wouldn't be talking about a climate bill right now. So, like, you just, at the end of the day, you got to never give up on trying to persuade someone. Okay, how good is this bill? So, I know we've been hurt by politics. We're yes. wounded birds. Yes. So, when I went to look at the details, I really expected to find a bull****, you know? You expect to find, like, money for houseboats, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. It's surprisingly good. It's a really, uh, a surprisingly forward-looking and really positive step on climate change. So, so when President Biden, President Biden set a goal, and the goal was to reduce emissions by uh, 50% of the amount we were emitting in 2005. It was an ambitious goal. It took a lot of activists to really push Biden to take that position. He did it. Uh, the estimates from experts say that this will get us 31 to 44% of that reduction. That's like, pretty impressive, and it does it uh, uh, by investing in things that will also cut a bunch of pollution and a bunch of uh, 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 terrible stuff that just makes life worse and shorter for a lot of people. Uh, and uh, uh, that's obviously anathema to the Republicans. That's, that's their midterm slogan. <laughs> we'll make life worse and shorter. Uh, 
End of thought. <laughs> hold at second base. Yeah. Just hold it. Sec yeah. Stay right there. <laughs> second base. Stay right there. Um, there is some drilling in there, right? There's yeah. still money for like for for drilling, baby drill, right? Yeah, there is to get to get Manchin's vote. But they uh, some a climate group ran the numbers and basically for every one ton of carbon emissions that are generated from the oil and gas provisions, mm -hmm. 24 tons of carbon emissions are taken out of the atmosphere okay. uh, from this bill. So it's, it's a much better bill on balance. All right. It's not perfect, but it's good. I would also rather we're seek, look, I'd rather us be fully wind and solar today, right? But if we're gonna seek oil and gas out, I'd rather we do it here than go pat in hand to Saudi Arabia and beg Mohammed bin Salman for mm -hmm. OPEC to drill more. How do you guys feel about the fist bump? How do you feel about the Biden uh, fist bump with uh, MBS? I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was great. But it has to have been thought out. They have to go on like, what do we do? Yeah. Handshake, you know, shimmy. It what like what little, is? There was too much of a. It was like a little smirk. No, I think the picture was bad. You, you shake hands with people you like, you don't like. It doesn't yeah, matter, right? You tough. fist bump. It's sort of a celebration. And I know it was a COVID thing. They didn't want to touch didn't work. hands. But didn't it, work it, on it the was, COVID thing. It was bad. Okay, Senate Republicans uh, felt burned that the Democrats did something clever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a unique response. They apparently decided to take out their anger on sick veterans by, by killing some of the funding for, uh, for, for instance, part of it was for the people who had been exposed in burn pits. Yeah. Where does this fall in the scale of political games that you've seen or cynical behavior that you've seen over the last 20 odd years you've been doing this? Good question. It's, it's hard to beat inciting an insurrection. Uh, you know, That's in true. terms of cynical games, but uh, you know they're trying. Yeah, they're trying. I mean, listen. So you sort of allude to it. This is a bill that provides health care to veterans who are serving in Iraq and Afghanistan and inhaled fumes from these burn pits where they were burning plastic paint, like things that you shouldn't be burning. And there's huge uh, incidences of cancer and other uh, deadly diseases that are popping up in these otherwise young, healthy veterans. So this is a bill that would expedite health care and disability benefits for these men and women. The bill passed like. 82 to 14, overwhelmingly bipartisan bill uh, in the Senate. And then uh, Schumer and Manchin did something intelligent, uh, and the Republicans got mad, and then a bunch of them voted against it. It is one of the most um, horrible, uh, incoherent, politically stupid things I've ever seen in my life, and I'm hoping they'll fix it soon. There's going to be another vote. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 basically, the Republicans just folded. The, McConnell said today, that like oh yeah we're uh, there was just some legislative back and forth we're fine now we're gonna we're gonna vote for it. so they realized that they, they were stupid they yes. realized that they were not only cruel but also politically stupid yeah, yeah. okay well let's talk about uh, the possible control of Congress uh, this is gonna be well their primaries as I said five of them today across yes. the United States and of course the midterms coming up um, pundits often say are you guys pundits yeah. are you officially pundits yeah. Yeah. I, look, I don't okay. love it. <laughs> Okay, so pundits often say that midterms <laughs> are referendums on the current president. To what degree is that true this time, and to what degree is it a referendum on the previous president who won't go away? You know, I think, I think it remains to be seen, but I think voters need to make a choice here, and they need to ask themselves the question, like, wh who's fighting for me, right? Is it the gang that just tried to uh, stick it to dying veterans because they were pissed at Democrats and criminalize abortion and uh, overturn the last election and go after gay marriage? Or is it the, uh, the people who, for the last couple of years, have been trying to lower energy costs, lower prescription drug costs, lower health care costs, save the planet, save democracy, and uh, you know, make sure that 
uh, people can marry who they want and start families uh, when they want. So I think that's the story. And like, you know, we, um, at, at Crooked, Crooked Media, you know, four years ago on this show, we launched Vote Save America, which mm -hmm. is a way for uh, everyone to get involved and help in the midterms. You can volunteer, you can organize. And already this year, we have surpassed the number of signups we had in 2018 uh, for volunteers. So if you want to go to votesaveamerica.com uh, and sign up, people can, can get involved in the midterms. Excellent. Well, Tommy. Thank you. John. <laughs> New episodes of Pod Save America are released Tuesdays and Thursdays. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. There's one question that has stumped the universe for centuries, and that question is, why do men? Join me, Emma Willman, on my quest to find out the answers on Ask Men Anything. Each week, I'm interviewing the funniest and most interesting men I know to ask the biggest, weirdest, and most pressing questions of Earth's most mysterious beings. Questions like, how do men really feel about your friends? What are men actually insecure about? Honestly, I will ask them pretty much anything. Just write in AMA at Betchers.com. Let's get to the bottom of this together. Ask Men Anything is out now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So be sure to hit follow in your listening apps so you don't miss an episode. New episodes drop each and every Tuesday. I'll see you there.